1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Folks, we are back for another edition of the Michigan football breakdown focused on the defense with my man, our man, the man, just he's not, he's everybody's man, Vance Bedford breaking down the 52 to 17 defeat of the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Vans, how you doing this week, man?
0: And I'm doing fantastic,
1: especially
0: after how they beat these folks down. And you know, I, you know, I text, I text you, text you doing the game. So I'm sitting back and I'm looking at some of the comments on Twitter. I would be happy to be a fan of Michigan, and we beating people. We're beating them, but people always complaining. Well, we giving up the fade ball. We can't throw the ball deep. Can you get a life? I mean. <laughs> You winning and you complaining. There are a lot of people out there that can't win. Fifty-two to seventeen, and you got the audacity to complain. You must be a troll.
1: You be a troll. <laughs> it's just that simple, saying They got to be a troll. They came for your Michigan fan. Hey, hey, maybe they try to be like you, Vance. Maybe, maybe they're looking ahead to Ohio State. No, they, no, they're not. They're they, they, they not looking
0: ahead. They're looking for something to complain about. They must look in the mirror and get up every morning and don't like themselves. I don't like my hair. I don't have the right makeup. I I didn't say it the right way. I mean, it's something about themselves. that can't like it because you want in 52 to 17. they complaining. But we always give this play up. Or, you know, we can't throw the ball deep. Man, get a life. Get a grip. I would love to be undefeated right now and beating somebody at 52 to 17. Now I, I might say, you know what, next time I hit this ball over, over the middle, it's going to be 17 But instead, they're complaining. Come on, I had to get it off my chest. Let's roll. All
1: right, so, Vance, this was a game that was a bit of a slugfest in the first half. But what we saw in this game, what we've seen for the last four games, basically what we've seen all season is this team make excellent halftime adjustments, especially the defense especially the defense they they go in the locker room they see what the other team is doing to them and they shut them down in the second half three points in the last four games the defense have given up in the second half combined
0: sam that's unheard of that's unreal when when you say it that way uh I do have to give them credit. They come out and they have a few more things they say for the third quarter. They make adjustments to take certain things away. I don't go back to the Michigan State game. They got their quarter-quarter ass cleaned up, and all of a sudden that big receiver didn't catch another ball, didn't hurt them at all. In this game, they came up and they started running three cloud. They get two interceptions, one went for a touchdown. They show blitz and they drop seven. Uh They show blitz and they actually come. And they keep you off balance the whole time. I and mean, they do a great job of saying, "This is the things that are hurting us. Let's take this away. These are the coverages in our toolbox. We're going to take them out and put them to use. They do a great job. And the players, they are well coached. But on top of that, they take coaching. Sometimes players don't take coaching. They go out and do what they want to do. But this is a well-disciplined football team. And I expect bigger things to come. I really do.
1: So was there a key adjustment to Have Sam lost. Anyway. That, say that again sam i lost you i, I said it, it wasn't like Rutgers did a whole lot defensively i mean offensively in the first half of this game anyway but you know they didn't do anything at all in the second half is there a key adjustment that you saw them do or them make uh at the break that made them even more effective in the second half
0: well if you go in the third quarter Rutgers got behind the sticks you know, in the first half, they were playing close to the vest. You know, it's second down and medium. In the second half, early on, we had a bunch of second down and long because of, because of penalties. And all of a sudden, that's when you had the show three cloud look. where They show them pressure, and they dropped off, and the game changed. You had three three interceptions, one before for a touchdown, the other two led to a touchdown for the offense. But they got in the second and long, and now all of a sudden, second and long for most people, is passed. So we went to our, our package for – Probably some of his third down calls. And that's going to show him pressure, either running three cloud, running quarter, quarter, half to deep zone. So the offensive line, the running back, they see blitz. So now everybody's going on up front. Now the routes could be shorter and the quarterback got to make a decision. All of a sudden he's like, I'm, I got isolation route. And the back of the underneath for an exception. Or I see right now they're rolling away, but the cornerback is playing soft. And this jump ball, Peter the quarterback and break on the football. So the disguise were great because they were in second along quite a bit. We took full advantage of that and made some great plays.
1: So, you know, I always ask you to take a look at Michigan's offense as well. Uh, in, in the first half of this game, it was a little bit tough sledding in there, uh, you know, when they got in the red zone. But they, they were able to punch it in, took them four downs, but they were able to do it. They went into the breakdown 17-14, to 14, came out in the second half and really opened up a can. But the the key takeaway for me, Vance, because you, you talked about it. Al talked about it. Devin has talked about it. You know, they need to include the receivers more. Teams are going to say, hey, I'm going to make J.J. McCarthy beat me. They seemed intent to start this game. Of, hey, we're going we gonna to include the receivers, and we're going to push the ball down the football field. And so I'm curious what you thought of the offense in this game.
0: Yeah, you know, I watched the first play of the game. Was, it was a boot, and he threw it downfield for about 17 yards. I thought that was a great way to start the game. And they tried to throw the ball deep for several times. One time, he had got guy open, but he overthrew it. He needed to put a little bit more air on the ball instead of a line drive. So I think it was a good thing. The only thing about when you throw the football now, be, let's be real. If it's not a completion, now it's second down and 10. So a lot of times, they're running the ball, so they're standing second and five, second and four, so now you can do whatever you want to do on, on that situation. But anytime you get into a second down and 10-kill incomplete pass, that can happen. And it did happen in the game. They got behind the sticks several times in the first half, trying to change some things up. And so they had to make some adjustments. But to me, I like what I saw. Mm-hmm. I like them pushing the ball down the football field. So he threw an incomplete pass. Okay, we're better than Michigan. Okay, we, I mean, I'm sorry, we better than Rutgers. We, we are physically a better football team. So it's time right now for them to open it up. I'm going to go back to this, though, Sam. Line up in 13 personnel, 12 personnel, to run formation, and throw the football. Line up and shift guys out. Make them out to make an adjustment. They get some isolation routes. There's different ways to use your personnel to throw the football, but you need to throw the football down the field to see can we do it. And I'm, I'm going to go back to it again. Rutgers blitzed us. They said, J.J. beat us. That's what he said in the first half. And that's what you're gonna see more of. I, I don't be surprised if the corn ducks do the same thing up the road.
1: <laughs> so one thing I want you to address, Vance, because I, I've I've seen this a lot, whether it be the folks in the uh in, in the chat that are watching us right now, and they have, if you have questions for Vance, start putting them in the chat right now, in the comments right now, and I'll get as many of those questions answered as I can. But one of the things that I saw one of the guys saying last week, saw it on Twitter. He said, You know what? Michigan couldn't throw the ball on Michigan State because they were in too high the, most of the game. That, you know, you, you run the football. Maybe they could have they thrown it, but why would you when they're in too high most of the game? You just run the football on that. And I'm thinking to myself, I didn't see him in too high most of the game. I saw him in split safeties. I saw him in quarters a lot, but I didn't necessarily see him in too high all the time. And so what it what dawned on me is maybe we need to explain to people the difference between split safety and too high. So can you can you sort of get into it and, and also answer this question? Is quarters a run defense? Okay, let's, here let's, we go. Let's start off with the first one, two okay. high and split safety.
0: You know, they give you two high and split safety. Both of them look like it's two guys deep, but when you play quarters. Quarters, people used to back when they first implemented it. The Cowboys did it, won a couple of Super Bowls. They considered that a nine-man front. You had the sitting eight to nine yards deep, and they flat-footed. They have number two if he goes vertical. That means the cornerbacks about them said Don't go back to 1997. We played a lot of quarters. So Woodson and Welles would walk up and press. Tommy Hendricks and Marcus Ray, they were sitting eight yards deep, flat-footed, and they had number two if he went vertical. Otherwise, they run support guys. That's what Michigan State runs a of. When Mel Tucker came from the Chicago Bears to Alabama, he helped those guys put in quarters coverage. Was it to them versus 11 personnel? They say you're still playing a seven man front. So, what Michigan State did versus us, they weren't 2D zone where the two guys are 15 yards, deep got half the field deep. They flat footed playing run and they matched number two. So, it's two different looks. So, you know what that means though, Sam? That means the quarters coverage. The quarterbacks are basically man to man on the receivers. You could the corners can either press or they could play off, and they could have some help. They might not have some help based on the routes. So it's a totally different thing. They can throw the ball deep because you're man to man by your corners with no safety help. Because
1: those the- let's say those inside receivers, if they push the if they push the the, the safeties, if they challenge them vertically, corners they on get them their out own. of there.
0: Corners have no help deep. they got help with a guy in a flat because a backer or a nickelback playing a quarter flat technique or a linebacker is going to be a strong hook player. But in other words, if you go flat and pass RP, RPO, that cornerback and that receiver, man, it's one-on-one. It's go for what you know. And so from that standpoint, it's not too high. It's not too deep. It's not too deep, five underneath. It's four deep and three underneath and the corners. They
1: on their own based off of rocks. Yeah, so the the notion, first of all, to just to correct that misconception, and I I know I pick up my man Zeke because he, he was throwing that in the comment last week. I'm like, Zeke, I let, before I comment on this, let me go back and get the get the chart, because you know Al charts the game. So I don't want to say how often they were in too high and they weren't when I don't have the numbers. So I asked Al who charts the game. I said, how often were they in a in a in a too high look or a split safety look? And he said, well, first of all, they were in one high. In 71 plays, he, he charted 36 of those, they were actually in one high.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So even, wow. even more of an you know, invitation, if you will, to, to maybe put it up a bit. But he said you know, what he didn't break down is too high versus, versus just split safety or quarters. But he said they were in that a good portion of the time, which says there were some opportunities there. Michigan just chose not to attack those in that yeah. game. You know, against, against Rutgers, they were very intentional about, hey, we got to get the receivers more involved in this game.
0: You know why you run too high? You run too high because you can't cover the receivers. You're concerned about your corners match, matching up. And also, too high shows up more in third down and long. First and second down, nobody runs too high. If you do, that's to be automatic running football. Mm-hmm. But you're getting a lot of quarters, or you can get quarter, quarter, half. One side is half field, another side is quarters. Yeah, but just saying, I'm gonna run two deep zone. It's it got to be third down or eight plus to run uh, cover two, two high.
1: Yeah. And I ask you that question, Vance, because when when people think zone coverage, so let's you know, this is why we come to you. Why we come to you know a guy who has eat, sl- eat sleep and drink football for basically the majority of your life. You hear zone coverage, you think it's a it's a pass defense. But man, when I hear coaches talk about quarters, they talk about quarters as a run defense.
0: It's a run defense. It is a run defense. I mean, it's, again, the best way to, if you have two good corners, them two corners going to walk up, they're going to press. They're going to play everything. You got that guy man to man, let's you run a shallow cross route, then you zone to the quarters. The safety, they got number two, man to man on all deep routes. They don't go deep, they're not cut, not double outside receiver. But if it's a run, let's say I, I'm a, a safety to a tight end side. that tight end block, I'm downhill like a linebacker, I'm just a little bit deeper. So if you have a good safety in a a run fit, he should make a play for maybe two, three-yard gain. He's a run support guy. So if that tight end blocks, he's a run support guy. And so to me, people play quarters, they use that as a run defense. It's great versus the pass, but it should be better versus the run. And it's great versus team to run RPOs because you can do different things to take away the hot throw to the the run pass side. I mean, so it's, it's a great coverage. It's executed the right way.
1: All right, and another thing, and you people see this in the in the film study. Getting back to the, the Michigan defense now, man, what you call rock, your rock blitz, Michigan <laughs> rocking the hell out of the opponents every game. And Vance, I mean, it's been effective all season long. You would think, like you, I hear you say, "Hey, Michigan gonna do this." There's no excuse for this to happen. They've been they've been doing it all the time. I know you see it on film. This is one of their staples, and yet, no matter how many times teams see it. That's an, been an effective blitz for them all season long.
0: It has been. A, it, it's a good first down call. It's a good second and medium call. And what it does, it moves the front. Instead of the front, if I'm semi offensive tackle, I have a defensive end and five technique, Sam. So I'm thinking he's going to stay out there. All of a sudden, ball is snap, He's, 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 he's blitzing a uh, big gap. So now I have to adjust on the run as far as I block this guy. Now the back is protected so it is a great stunt because it gives a defensive line a chance to move, which slows down the aggressive play of the offensive line. That's why it works because you don't know when it's coming. Michigan does enough things that keeps the offensive line
1: off balance. Yeah, man, it, it has been uh, it has been impressive to watch how quickly, you know, basically, you know, you got a couple new staff members new defensive line coach. That was the the spot most depleted defensively and then a new coordinator come in and really dial into the strengths of the guys on this unit. I said this last week. You know, you as a coordinator Vance, you got what you want to do schematically, you got your philosophy, your scheme, and then you got to figure out what these guys can do. Right? And and you got to marry the two. And I've seen that take a whole season for coaches to figure out. And this dude came in and and basically hit the ground running with an idea of what these guys are going to be able to do.
0: You know, a lot of things are already in place. That's number one. A lot of those guys who are starting now, they played quite a bit last year. And talking about Mike Elston, Mike Elston, I go back to when I was at Michigan in the 90s, some of the things, like I call rock, we should call that bench, chuckles. bolt, same defense. So a lot of things that, that they're doing now, Mike has spent time doing those type of things. So it's a perfect fit. It's just a different different terminology. And for the guys up front, wow, I think they got some of the sharpest kids in the whole country as far as playing for Michigan because you have to be able to adjust and do all the things he's doing. I mean, that's a lot to learn. But it's, we used to go visit the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the key thing they used to say Sam was this, same ass. Mm-hmm. So even though you're doing different things, you're doing the same thing over and over again except for this time we're gonna push the linebacker next time. All you guys doing the same thing. The difference is, I'm gonna push. I'm gonna push the nickel back. So same ass. So the carryover goes on and on and on. And that's the best way to teach things. Oh, we gonna make one or two switches here, but for nine guys, you're doing the same ass, even though it's a different call. And that's what I think the defense right now. So I'm highly impressed with what they're doing, how they're teaching it, and the success they're having right now.
1: So I asked Al this earlier i I tend to do this every week with you guys all right we know what they do well i just mentioned on defense man the the rock blitz their their defensive iq uh you know their 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 blitz scheme teams don't know where they're coming from i mean you you got an idea of what they do well on offense this is a physical ground and pound i don't think any team in the country uh you know is 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 better at michigan They're running the football, right? So you know they can do that. You know they're physical up front. They got two great backs. But they need to improve their passing game. They need to improve their downfield passing game. I just told you I know what they do defensively. What do they need to improve upon, Vance? Now, I want you to be critical. What do they need to improve upon to beat Ohio State? What do they need to improve upon to go beyond that and win in the playoffs? and win a national championship. What do you see when you look at this team and say, they better fix that?
0: I want to talk about special teams first. You cannot give up a touchdown on special teams. When you're playing a team like Rutgers that is known to block punts and, and field goals, guess what you should spend a lot of time on to make sure that doesn't happen and put you in a hole. The next thing, and I'm looking at offensively, we need to do a little better job as far as plaques and passed on the ball on first down, whether it be quick game, And again, I'll go back to this. I don't know the talent level of our wide receivers. I think maybe we need to motion those guys, give me some tandem splits, some bunch formations to to scheme those guys open. Uh, We got to win in the red zone and pass game. Because again, you can see what Rutgers did to us early on in the game and stop the run. They did what? They they blitzed us. They blitzed us. They got us behind the sticks. They got some tackle philosophers, got us behind the sticks. So now it came back to can JJ beat us. So if I'm game planning us, I'm gonna blitz the offense early and often. I'm gonna say, well, your receivers hadn't shown the ability to beat me deep. So I'm gonna pressure guys. I'm gonna see can JJ throw into a top tight window. If I'm a quarters team, I'm a match team, and I'm gonna blitz JJ every which way but lose. I'm gonna run a rock. I'm going to bring corner from the outside. I'm doing everything I can to stop the run and say, JJ, can, can you do it? And I'm going to blitz to my left, his right, because like the naked to his right hand, because he's not very good going to his left hand. And when I was a Michigan, I came back there in 2007, uh, and, and we were playing Tim, Tim Tebow in Florida. So, you know what our game plan was versus Tim Tebow, it was two things don't let him scramble to his thorn hand number one, and don't let him step up. We beat them. We took away what he wanted to do, doing the same thing that J.J., because he didn't proven me he could do something different. So special teams clean it up, throw the ball early on first down. J.J. got to do more things than a drop back pass or RPO game, that's what they want to do. Then defensively, what I'm going to see, if I'm going to attack Michigan defense, I'm going to be in, like I talked going back to Maryland, Formations to the boundary, trips into the boundary. I'm going to make you adjust. Trips to the field. I'm going to be in two by two to motion of three by one. I'm going to be in three by one to motion two by two. I want to make your guys move. I want to change your gaps and run defense. So I'm going to attack what you do by motioning by formations. And again, I'm going to scheme my guys open to run the football. And if I got a six-two receiver, I'm going to find Turner, and I'm going after Turner or your other corner green because they're going to allow me to jump ball because of how they play. I'm going to throw – it again, I'm going to throw eight jump balls against Michigan's corners. I'm going to spread you out to see what you can do and throw quick game and see can you tackle me in space. And that's how I'm going to attack your
1: defense. Uh-huh. Hey, well, here's the thing. I'm sure you got a lot of coaches seeing and saying all of that, and none of them have been able to do it so far. Here's the thing, though. They are about to play a team at the end of the season, at least from a pass game perspective, that can challenge them in some of those ways. Now, I don't think that's – I'll say this. I'm going to say it on every broadcast. Ohio State's not a physical football team to me, Vance. Not the
0: team. Team. They, they won't throw the football. I totally agree with that. That's why you go to Northwest and the wind blowing, they can't throw the football, and they struggle running the ball. Man, it's, when you're playing in the Midwest and you play playing in November – Wind, rain, sleet and snow, you got to be like the postman. And right now, they weren't ready for that win. The postman, he didn't go to work that day for, for Ohio State passing game. He's like, right, time out. I'm not coming out in this weather. It's too windy for me. So the mail did not get delivered that day. And Northwestern almost pulled an upset. And that's yeah, what now, that's not
1: me saying. I feel like i got to always repeat myself. I think Ohio State is an elite team. I think Ohio State has the talent to win a national championship. So don't get it, don't get it twisted. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not saying that they some there's some bums out there. Thank I'm saying did. they're you not said a said football team.
0: Now you call them bums. Be just, don't be afraid. I'm not
1: calling. I'm not, call, hey, I'm not yeah, calling Ohio State no bums. You, you, say, think, you, here, 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 here. you just said they were soft. <laughs> well, let me t- let me tell you what I'm getting at. Okay. So I'll, I'll repeat it for this show. I see I see Michigan and Ohio State is freaking. Freaking frack, ebony and ivory, right? I mean, they're the antithesis of one another in this way. Ohio State is is built, as I've been saying, for the playoff track meet. Yes, they, they, are. They, got, they got five-star guys after five-star guys, after five-star guy on the flank, and they got a quarterback that's a trigger man that want to put it up and a yes. line that's geared to block for that, right? That is what they do. So if the, if the conditions are pristine, which is they're going to be, when you're playing in the playoffs down south, right? You're gonna be yep. get fifty plus, 60, 70s, good weather. Man, they that's they want to run in the playoff track meet, but you got to get to the playoffs to run in them vans. Yes, and you do. just you just laid it out. You know, Midwest November slugfest. You might get wind. You might get snow like last year in in Ann Arbor, right? And so yep. I'm watching them against Penn State. They can't move Penn State off the football a week after Michigan just, you know, just just ran a truck up, just ran rolled over them like a tank, I know. and they couldn't move them off the ball. Then you, then Northwestern, the worst team in the league, right? You got to run the football on Northwestern to win this game, and you cannot run on Northwestern. Not only that, they're able to run on you. Now, eventually, Ohio State was able to get it together. My point is. If you get to Columbus in two weeks and the weather is not pristine, that team is in trouble. That team is in trouble if they got to run the football to win the game. And I'm looking at Michigan. Does Michigan have some place they need to grow? They, Michigan has got to improve their passing game. They have the talent to do so. I think they have the trigger man to get there, but it has not shown up consistently in games. And they got to show that if they happen to get to the, Playoff track meet, and you face a team that's going to force you to throw it up. That or you in Columbus, and the weather is real good, and Ohio State's putting up points. Do you have, you know, the passing game that can match that if you need to? They haven't shown that yet, but this is where I want to get to you, Vance. If you got to choose between where Michigan is in the throw game and have to improve that, and Ohio State where they are as a physical or or not physical football team and trying to improve that, which one would you choose?
0: This time here, I'm going to choose Michigan. It's not that doubt in my mind, but I'm going to add something to it. Ohio State's defense is 10 times better than what they were a year ago. And what Jim Knowles does defensively can be a scheme problem for us offensively. He does a few different things, so you need to know how to attack what he does.
1: So what does if he do, man? What does he do? Right
0: now, it's like when you watch the defense sometimes, he's being 3-4, 4 He'll drop eight. He'll show you pressure look. And sometimes he makes it appear like you're in a two-by-one, two-by-two formation, and the slot's in cover, but the, the so-called nickelback is sitting eight yards deep. He's involved in running, involved in pass, so he does some different things scheme-wise. If you're not careful, he can slow you down or, or possibly stop you. Now, I think part of their weaknesses for Ohio State right now, believe it or not, is they corners. And that's not our strength, as our passing game. To take advantage of their weakness, that's not what we are strength-wise. Mm-hmm. He's going to scheme you up and stop the a game. He's going to allow you to be to throw the football. And if you can't, then that's going to be a problem.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because in the first half of that game, Northwestern was able to run the football on them. And, then, and then you, knew they, you knew they weren't going to be throwing it. And so I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute. You know North, Northwestern can't throw it when the wind's not blowing. That's so, right. so when the wind is blowing, you really know they're not going to throw it. And you still can't stop them from running the football. Now, it's not. They weren't running it like Michigan. But they were running it better than you would expect them to run it against a team like Ohio State when Ohio State knows it's coming. Yeah. I was like, okay, this team, if they get in a in a boxing match, a slug fest, like last year, i they may be better defensively. I don't think the outcome will be better for them, though, overall. They're a
0: big play team, whether it's a pass or a run. They don't have big plays. They don't have to a team is going to round it out. That's not what they are. They look and see they stride and wants to be in contention for the Heisman Trophy. How do you get to the Heisman Trophy? Stats. Mm. He's looking for the big play. Big plays get you in trouble. That means I can side the quarterback, get you behind the sticks. You know, it's all of this. You're talking about they had a great running back that could possibly be a Heisman Trophy guy. As he heard what's going on, that means they're gonna run the football. But if you yeah. hadn't seen that, they've been winning games because of the pass game.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean they're gonna drop back and they're gonna throw it all over the place. Is what they want to do at the end of the day. And 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 they is gonna always have some type of scheme, a trick play. It's gonna look all pretty, but if you get them behind the sticks, that stuff doesn't work. Now he got to sit back and read what we're doing defensively to see what's going on, because I think Mike, little Mike's gonna be a great matchup in the middle for this slot receiver. Our thing is, are we going to hold up outside? Mm-hmm. Everybody keep talking about Marvin Harrison Jr. And right now, he's a guy that's been playing great for him. Well, we need the right matchup for him. Because I'm looking at this past weekend, it looks like they had JT in the freshman corner matching up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're going to go into that game, I think. Yeah, I think we're going to see some matchups in that particular game coming up. I really do. I think that, that's how they're going to. Get ready for Ohio State. So if we're going to match you up on this guy, you're going to match up. People have always done that. I tell guys, you study this guy. You're going to match up on him. Study his splits, uh, his formations, how he get in the stands, everything about this guy because you're going be to be on the whole game. Regardless of coverage, you're going to be on that guy. So that's your, that's your homework for the whole week, to break him down every little thing he does. And I think you're going to see the same thing from Michigan's defense when they do play Ohio State.
1: All right, I'm going to get into the questions for Vance right now. If you have them, get them in. This one comes from J.R. said, Vance, what are your thoughts on Georgia? Are they beatable? Is Georgia, are Georgia and Michigan similar, but the former mean that Georgia has far more talent?
0: I think they are. Uh, is Georgia beatable? Anybody's beatable in any time. But, you know, who doesn't get credit for Georgia is that quarterback. He was a three-star guy that's 5'11". So you know, they throw the football more than they run it. They actually throw the football. They have more passing plays than running plays. So they are better throwing the football than what you give credit for. Tennessee found that out. (laughs) They threw the ball over Tennessee's heads early and often. Then defensively, what makes them great, they got the best corner in the country. Their defensive line now, those guys are for real. I mean, they're down four guys, it's better than anybody in the country right now. They can push anybody around. And you can say, well, we got to run the football. That's going to be the key. If we have a chance to get to that game, match up, kind of offensive line, physically, block those guys.
1: Yeah, man, here's the crazy thing. You talk about them having the best defensive line in the country, and you look back at last year's NFL draft, and, man, they had like six guys in the first round. I think five of them were from defense. A couple of them were defensive line, but it's like, man, how do you You –
0: You know what somebody, a pro scout, told me? Two of the best guys were young guys. That number 88 defensive lineman said so he might have been one of the best guys on that football team. And then the corner, was best corner. So some of the guys that were backing up and splitting time, they started. Now they playing better this year defensively, just like Michigan is, who lost, lost a bunch of guys. they playing better this year defensively than they did last year. And they run quarters. They run man-to-man. And they run zero pressure. When they zero pressure, Tennessee, I'm like, holy cow, that quarterback is running for his life.
1: Yeah, man, that's crazy. I mean, you lose Jordan Davis, Devontae Wyatt in the first round. Those are two dogs in the middle of that And, And they're better now. They are better now than what they were last year. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. All right, let's get back to it. T. Hammer says, Vance, how would you grade Coach Mentor so far this year, and which player has surprised you the most up to this point?
0: A-plus for Coach Mentor, I think he's not doing a good job, but a great job. I I mean, his adjustments, and I talked about that the first two games of the the disguise, the changing in coverages. He's brought a little bit more as far as coverage-wise. I think it's made us better defensively. I really do. I think little Mike, my nickelback, I think that he's been the pleasant surprise, and then big Mike. So both Mike Mike and Mike in the morning, (laughs) I think those two guys right now, they're playing by far better than anybody, and your freshman at number fifty-five, the tackle. he's been a pleasant surprise too, and so that's how I see him so far this season.
1: All right, here's another one from KC. Said Vance, I see DJ Turner is primarily playing off covers near ten yards back from his receiver, but them being so fast, what do you think is the reason for him and keeping keeping for them keeping him so far back?
0: The defensive call. I mean, when he has a chance to walk up and press, he does, but. You saw a little bit more zone this past week as far as rotation-wise. So a lot of times he was playing a deep third technique or possible quarter technique. So that's the reason why you saw him playing eight yards off. Sometimes he was a cloud technique. He was pressing. Sometimes he was in zero coverage. He was pressing. So he mixed it up quite a bit. He wasn't just in one situation playing off. He kept mixing it up. It was all based off the defensive call. Mm-hmm.
1: Here's a question: Looking at offense, and 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 you having some experience coaching with Urban Meyer, and how quarterbacks developed in in that system, uh, you could maybe speak to this, right? He says, "How would JJ progress in the Ohio State scheme? Is it faster or slower than our scheme?" I think he's talking about when it comes to a quarterback development.
0: That team, Ohio State is based off a quarterback play. They want to throw the football first. But Michigan, we're going to run it and do plaques and pass. So Ohio State, they want a guy that can sling it all over the football field. He's going to throw it 45 times a game. Now, they want to run the football. Don't get me wrong. Urban at, at, at Florida, I worked with him for two years. We were great at running the football. But at the end of the day, we had a couple first-round picks and wide receivers. We're going to throw that football. That must be for real. So at the end of the day, if the quarterback can't throw it, he wasn't going to play for Urban. And now Coach Day is going to throw it a little bit more than Urban. Urban's going to pound you with the run game too. Coach Day is not going to pound you as much. He's going to finesse you. But you look at the receivers he has right now, he wants to throw that ball all over the football field. He wants to look pretty. Throwing the football looks pretty. Okay, running the football, you're going to be dirty. It's, mad, it's nasty as a slow slow kill. He wants to kill you fast. And that's why that's the difference in the two offenses.
1: Hey, this, I, it, this dude must have been watching the game with you, Vance. Rutgers was run blitzing so hard, and we, we didn't adjust for a long while. You were talking about the commentators. The commentators didn't call that out enough for you, huh, Vance? Uh, they, they never do. I mean, it, you know what? They don't
0: know football. They be talking to the fans. You know what's crazy about the commentators? Okay, let's say you throw the ball down the field, Sam, it's completion. But why in the world are you showing a quarterback? When I show us a wide view of what actually happened, they're showing the quarterback. You still can't see what happened. They don't know what they're talking about, Sam. They should should get their pay doc for being slow. That's all I got to say about those (laughs) clowns.
1: All right. So this picks up on some of you just talking about Jim Knowles. Does Ohio State hiring Jim Knowles and his blitzing defense give them an advantage scheme-wise? You already said they're playing much better defensively. Is that a scheme thing? Are they playing better guys? This year, is it a combination of the two? I mean, compare this defense to last year's Ohio State defense.
0: It's a combination of the two. It's a combination of the two. They've always had good players. I think scheme-wise, they, they had some issues last year because, you know, during the season, they changed coordinators. Uh, Jim has been going back to Duke. He was really good when he was at Duke. And then he goes to Oklahoma State. Of course, he was outstanding there. He is an excellent coach. He has great schemes. His thought process is we're going to do certain things to take things away. And I listen to the players talk for our State. They love the scheme they're playing in right now. And it can be confusing for the offensive line. It can be confusing for a quarterback that has to go against it because he's moving guys around. He does different things to hide what he's doing, a lot like we're doing at Michigan's defense right now. So it could confuse an offense because of what he's doing. He's going to blitz the corner. He's going to bring the nickel back. He's going to blitz guys inside. He'll blitz the state. They just look deep, and all of a sudden, he's in the backfield. So he does a variety of things. He gets his playmakers in position to be players.
1: Here's another one. Brian T. Wetzel said, do you think we have the line and backs to run the ball down Ohio State's throat? Just mentioned, Jim Knowles, you think he improves them. I feel like that's going to be the game plan and that they won't be able to stop Blake.
0: Michigan's going to run the football. Let's be for real. I don't care what we do. We're going to run the football. That's what we are first. We're a run team first, pass second. That's not going to change. But at the same time, we need to be able to take advantage of him loading the box, and our receivers need to win some one-on-one battles. It's just that simple. We need to get our guys out in space and see can we make guys miss and get big plays that way, whether it be screens, whether it be bubbles or quick throws. We need to do that that to open up our running game because we don't. And he load the box. They will stop Blake from running the football, guys. He's gonna load the box. He's gonna dare our offensive receivers and quarterback to beat us on the football.
1: Hey, Vance, did you have you watched much Nebraska this year?
0: I, I really haven't. Uh, I haven't seen much of them since they changed uh, head coaches. They're running the ball a little bit more than what they have been, uh, trying to be more physical offensively. So their games have been a lot closer, and they also playing a little better defense, also.
1: Got you. All right. So, look, we talked a little bit about Illinois last week, Vance. Ooh. A little bit about them. Okay. And I said at the time that I look, I, I do. I think they're a good football team. Sure. I I think. Put this way, I think they're better than they were. I think they're the class of the West. But how good are they really? Right. I mean, are they really a, a top twenty, top fifteen squad? I don't know that because they've only beat up on teams from the West. I thought they would beat Michigan State. You know, you got they have a physical defense, they can run the football. But then Michigan State goes to their house fans. Not only could Illinois not run the football, they couldn't, they couldn't, uh, you know, they couldn't stay in front of their receivers well enough to keep Michigan State down. The fade ball got them uh in that contest. And when it came time to put the ball in the hands of of their quarterback to maybe lead them back, he couldn't do it. Illinois goes down at home. Vance, they go I was, down at home.
0: Shocked. Sam, I was shocked, and and what you saw in that game, quite a few penalties. They got behind offensively because of penalties. They had a couple of plays called back because of penalties which could have changed the game. Because Michigan State goes in that shorthanded. they got four starters that suspended from that ball game. So you say they Michigan State gonna go on the road. team of one has an excellent running game, playing good defense. And they go in there well-focused, well-coached, and win that football game. So uh, I thought Illinois could be an issue, and they still might be. But I was shocked at the outcome of that ball game. I really was.
1: Yeah. Personally, I think that that says more about Illinois than it does Michigan. Michigan State is the team I thought they were as far as I'm concerned. But Illinois just shows you how fraudulent The West is. The Big Ten West, I mean. I mean, none of those squads over there are very good, Vance. And, I mean, you're going to have a team. You watch. You're going to have a team over there because Illinois is going to lose at least one more game, right? They're going to lose at least one more game. So, that means you can have a three-loss Western Division champ in the Big Ten Championship game. And, you know, the West has never won the Big Ten Championship game.
0: I don't understand why. Who's over there? <laughs> I mean, it's to be honest. They should have split up Ohio State and Michigan. They should all should have always done that. They still play every year. Don't get me wrong, but you should split them up because as you, know, you look over the history of the past forty years in that conference, who've been the top dogs for forty years? Basically, it's been Michigan, Ohio State. So put them in a different com- in a different size. So therefore, it's a good chance they're gonna meet up in the championship game. Anyhow,
1: yeah, no doubt. Uh, you were talking about C.J. Stroud earlier. Forty percent completion when under pressure, according to distinctly distinct I don't know what DJ, I don't know what that's supposed to be. Jeremy Matthews says CJ is under forty percent completion when under pressure. Now, all quarterbacks are worse under pressure. I mean, their percent passing percentage is gonna go down. It does seem like he gets more flustered than than most top-tier quarterbacks, right? Then I mean, he's supposed to be top ten, top five in the draft. He does seem like a guy who gets who gets rattled. And I'm not just talking about versus Michigan last year. I'm wondering if you've noticed that, man.
0: You know what? Whenever they, they get behind or people know he's throwing the football, he's not the same quarterback. Because people starting to pressure him more because of that, which puts more pressure on the offensive line because they are not running the ball well. When you're not running the ball well, not a D-line can tee off. Because of the offensive line right now, if you really study them they're showing you running past by their stance. So people are off on the guys, so he's running for his life. And if you play Ohio State, I'm going to pressure them too. I'm going to say, I'm not, I'm trying to keep you from throwing the ball down the football field. I'm going to take a chance and force your running back to beat me. And that's what people are doing to him right now. They're trying to pressure him, saying we're not going to give you time, run the football. We're going to die, we're going to die slow. And right now, that's not what Ohio State wants. They want to throw and, sh- and, and score fast. And right now, it's getting them in trouble
1: couple more for Vance, folks. Just a couple more for Vance. Brent Jones says, Vance, I think last year UGA outcoached us, and it showed in the plays that recording it showed in the players that Michigan comes with a better game plan. Can we shut UGA down?
0: We're not shutting them down. I'm just, just going to put that out right there. Okay, so we're kidding ourselves. I mean, in this day and age, a top-five football team, you're not shutting them down. So let's not talk about that. What did, they came out last year alone and empty. They said that your pass rush, we're not concerned about that. Your secondary, we're not concerned about that. So they really attacked our strength by throwing the football. So from that standpoint, they had a great adjustment as far as what they wanted to do to us. And just defensively, their defensive line was something that's better than us. They physically beat us defensively. They had a better football team. They had more talent. That's why they had six guys drafted in the first round. Let's be for real. That's what it was. It was their talent level was better than ours. So we need to continue to recruit on that level to compete against Georgia and, and, and Alabama and, and Clemson and LSU. You really have to do that.
1: Hey man, it's funny that you bring this up. I, I have, I had a certain opinion of Kirby Smart before last season. I, you know, he seemed like a role of the football guy out there to me. He's he's definitely a better coach than that. But what he what he also what he did say, and I was reading about this recently. He said, "Look, you'd be the best coach in the world." You better have you some dogs. Yep. He said, he said, you ha- if you're gonna win a national championship, if you're gonna compete consistently for championships, you have better be recruiting at the highest level. He said if, if I got if we guys that work for me, they better be able to coach. But if they can't recruit, that's a disqualifier. You gotta be able to do both around mm-hmm. here because coaching without recruiting is not winning national championships. I'm 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 paraphrasing what he said, but his point was, yeah, you give us credit all you want for our coaching. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm admitting to you that coaching is a part of it. Talent is the biggest part of it. It's no doubt. What do you
0: think, Nick Saban, had seven national championships? Go back to LSU. Look at the first-round picks that he had. Okay, You go to Alabama, you go for the past 10 years, first-round picks come from Alabama, now look at Georgia. Guess who Kerber was with for a long time. GA for him, position coach for him, coordinator for him. So he took that same mindset. It's about the Jimmy and the Joes. If I got the dogs, I'm going to win. If you don't, I'm beat you. Last year, Georgia had the dogs. That's why they, they won the whole thing. And, and so for Michigan to say, I'm going to compete against Georgia and the Alabama's in the world, you've got to go get some same kind of dogs. You talked about Ohio State. They are built for the playoffs for one reason. They got the dogs and wide receiver. Think about it. They went out there and said to win those games, we got to score points. And they said, we're going to bring the defensive coordinator that's proven to slow people down because we're going to outscore people. So at the same time, that's what they've been doing at Ohio State about the past 20 years. When I mean, you look at what Urban got there, they've always been top in the conference. Now all of a sudden, they got a lot of first and second round picks because of recruiting. Now, I, I know they hated talking about Urban Meyer, but I worked for him, he said this he said, man, I wasn't a great assistant coach, I wasn't a great receiver coach he said, what I could do is recruit so when I became a head football coach, guess what my number one priority was recruiting, everyone was a bulldog of recruiting now, he got some dogs in there then he got some guys and go coaching and so to compete on a national level, Kirby's right if you just got average players you think you're a great coach you're just going to be average because that's what you have. They only could get so 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 much better, and then all of a sudden, that ceiling started to get closer and closer and closer because they can't get any higher because they're limited. Mm-hmm. All
1: right, here's one, uh, Vance. Dispel or confirm the notion: our safeties are still coming up too late uh, to help the corners on those deep fifty-fifty balls. Are the safeties at fault, or is it more the corners? What do you see on those the corners?
0: I saw one uh, comment on Twitter about on the uh, fade route that was called on turn in terms of the safety was late. You, you know the base rule for a the center field player. He needs to make, if he can make the play between the numbers, he, won't, he should be able to make that play. When the ball gets outside the numbers, you ask him for trouble. That means he's not in the middle of the football field unless he got a great jump because the quarterback locked on. I mean, so that cornerback do your job. If the guy wants to release outside, widen him and get on top and take that away. Otherwise, get them back inside so the safety have got a chance to make a play. I'll put that on the corner. I don't, and I've coached the secondary for a long time, so I'm putting that on the corner.
1: Yeah, man. It is uh, going to be interesting. One guy said, hey, where would you rank Michigan in the SEC real quick, Vance?
0: Georgia's number one. I'm putting them and Tennessee right next to each other because Tennessee's going to score some points.
1: Gotcha. All right, folks. Listen. That's going to do it for this edition. I hope you went out and, and got your did your civic duty and were able to, to vote. Uh, I hope you'll be back next week for another edition of the Michigan football breakdown, focus on the defense. Because Vance, you already gave a, a score for Michigan and Nebraska, right? What was it? 48 to 9?
0: Yes, I'll give them three field goals.
1: Three field goals. 48 field goals. to 9. Yeah.
0: Don't give them a chance. Give them nine points.
1: Yeah, steam rolling towards the matchup. With the uh, with the Buckeyes down there in Columbus, though, no, you got Illinois first. But if Michigan handles their business the way that they've been handling their business, then they will roll into Columbus undefeated. And I, I think Michigan—you call the repeat Big Ten champion at the beginning of the season, Vance—and you're looking more and more like you're going to be right all over again. People going to owe you double the stakes.
0: Man, they don't pay up in Michigan. is all I got to say. I'm still waiting on the ribeyes, and now I don't want the prime. I want wild goose, baby. I want the real stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey Vance, hey hey they want you to come back out of they want you to come out of retirement they want you to come be an analyst Vance. i am an analyst right
0: here sitting down in my basement i'm good to go <laughs> I mean, that's okay i'm gonna do that to somebody else
1: all right folks wait look we appreciate you joining us as always if you like this uh if you like this broadcast be sure to like this video be sure to subscribe to the channel that way, you'll get a notification every time we do a new one, whether that's with Vance or with Devin or with Al or any of our videos that we put up. Of course, you can follow everything we do over at themichiganinsider.com. That's our videos, our podcasts, our written content. Anytime you want to see what we're doing, go over to MichiganInsider.com and sign up. $1 gets you in, a VIP access pass. All of our intel, all of our content, and the same thing goes for any of the 24-7 Sports uh, Network sites. That $1 gets you into all of those sites. And then once you are around for a month and you're hooked on and you become a full-paying member, your subscription will also get you Paramount+. Plus. It is great bang for your buck. Be back next week to talk about Michigan-Nebraska. Thanks for watching another edition of the Michigan Football Breakdown, focused on the defense with our man Vance Bedford, We'll See you next time.
0: Go Blue! CBS Wednesday. We have
1: so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I, feel it in my soul. I am a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler.
0: I'm a big Taylor Swift fan.
1: I'm the queen of the tribe. I'm a
0: survivor. I am playing
1: whatever role I
0: gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed.
1: I ain't going down like no punk. <laughs> A new survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.